Scion, Phil Brown here, continuing our series on Haggai and the house. And today we're doing cooking with Haggai because of the passage of scripture we've read's got a whole bunch of ingredients in it, so it must be a recipe. And if you're wanting to follow the recipe at home, you're going to need a few ingredients yourself. You're going to need some olive oil. I've got some Pam's extra light olive oil here. You're going to need some wine. And I've actually got some Taylor's fine tawny port. Oh yeah, that is, that is good port. You're going to need a stew, or in this case it's a curry. Um, a curry I had for lunch yesterday and I'm planning to heat it up again later. Uh, a piece of bread, and some other food. And I've got some cooked quinoa here. Quinoa um, hardly constitutes as food, but anyway, um, it'll do for what we need today. Anyway, so let's read from Haggai chapter 2, verse 10. And this is the third prophecy of Haggai, on the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. Now, that date is significant. It's, it works out to be the 18th of December, 520 BC. And there's a significance in the fact that it's in December, not because of Christmas, because Jesus hadn't come yet, uh, but there is a significance of the fact that it's in December. And if you watch my message from last time, you might know what it is. I'm going to touch on that again later. Okay. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask a priest what the law says. If someone carries a consecrated meat in the fold of their garment. So we'll imagine this is consecrated meat. Okay, and you're carrying it in the fold of your garment, which I assume means a pocket. So if we put meat in our pocket, oh, that's a really odd, odd thing to do. Oh, yuck, I can feel the juices going down my pocket. And that fold touches some bread or stew. So my pocket then touches some bread. Or stew. I want to eat that later, so I'm actually not going to do that. Some wine, olive oil, or other food. Now, I really am not going to eat this quinoa later, so I don't mind that touching. Does it become consecrated? And the priest answered, no. So, what, is, what are they trying to say here? Um, this meat, the consecrated meat, it's set apart because it was offered as a sacrifice to God. Um, but the fact that it's here and it's consecrated, does the fact that it's consecrated and it's now touched these other food, does that mean that this bread is now consecrated? Um, no, it doesn't. I'm going to throw this bread down the garbage disposal because there's no way I'm going to eat that. Any bugs or anything that I'm going to meet, they're going to be on the bread now. Or, or this quinoa, once again, I've, con I've actually contaminated it with the bugs on the outside of the meat. So the answer is no. No, the fact that this piece of meat has touched this bread does not mean it's now consecrated. In fact, it's quite the opposite. So let's, let's read on. 
Okay, verse 13 of Haggai chapter 2. Then Haggai said, If a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Hang on, I think I've got a dead body just here. Oh yes, yes, a dead body. So let's touch the dead body. Ooh, ooh. And then we'll touch the bread. Does that mean the bread is now defiled? Because I touched the dead body and now I've touched the bread. Yes, the priest replied. It does become defiled. Gosh, this is a really odd recipe. Let's, let's read on to see where I cook my steak. Then Haggai said, So it is with this people and this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer, there is defiled. I don't think it... I'm just going to cook my steak now anyway, because it's pretty gross here in my pocket. So yeah, got it on medium heat. Listen to that sizzle. And we'll, we'll turn the steak now. Oh. So the point that God is making here is just because something's consecrated, um, set apart, and it comes into contact with something else, that doesn't mean that the thing it comes into contact with also becomes consecrated. And he's also making the point that if something is defiled, then that, then the defilement of that, if it comes into contact with something else, that thing also becomes defiled. And so what they're really talking about here is sin. So, you know, a sin it permeates, you know, it, it makes us unclean, it makes us not holy, unable to be in God's presence. So just one little sin uh, means that we can't be in God's presence because we're no longer holy uh, because of the sin that's in our life. Mmm, mmm, good, good steak. Okay, so I have finished eating my steak and I have changed my shirt um, and I've come out for a drink with Phil Strong here. Yeah, Phil, this is the first time we've actually been on a video together. Well, wow, yes, us. yes. And, and what drink have you got there? Tell me about your drink. Oh, this is a latte. The yes. latte. Have a taste of it. See oh, what it's like. Don't yep. mind if I do. Mm -hmm. mm, nice. Tastes good. And look what I'm drinking. I'm drinking some stuff called water, which is... Hmm. Um, Again, it's, it's nice water, it's, it's pure, and, but I want to see what happens. So Phil, I've got some water here, some warm water, uh -oh. and I'm going to add it to your latte and give it a bit of a stir. Can you, can you taste that and see if there's any difference? There's not a lot of difference, no. It's not a lot same. of difference. Okay, well, I've got a latte here, and I'm not actually a coffee drinker, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to put the latte in the water. <laughs> I'm going to squirrel it around. I'm going to see if there's any difference in my water now. Oh, <laughs> yuck. So this little illustration is a little bit like sin. And now, Phil, I'm not saying that coffee is sin. Oh, I hope not. No, but, but as you can see, you know, the water, the pure water, that was like the holiness of God. It was pure. And when we added some water to the latte, 
It was still latte. It was still the same. It, the, the holiness of the water didn't change the sin of the latte, if no, you like. No. Whereas putting the latte in the water made it, quite frankly, disgusting. So I'm going to tip that out and probably make myself a cup of tea. But while I'm doing this, it might be a good time for you guys to pause the video and discuss this. So this will require a little bit of Bible knowledge here, but I want you to think of characters in the Bible and people that thought that they were holy, they thought they were doing well, uh, but then they have an encounter with God and after that encounter with God, they just realize how sinful they really were. And look, there's several of them there and I'd love it as when you have that discussion, if you'd write in the comments down below of who you've come up with. Anyway, pause the discussion now and think of Bible characters that thought they were doing alright and then discovered that they were sinful when they came face to face or when they came in contact with God. So who did you come up with? I'm going to be really interested in reading the comments below to see who you found in the Bible who thought they were righteous um, but then they came into the presence of God and realized they weren't. And you know there's another person I can think of and that's myself and I do not have time to go into that story today but I'm sure some of you have stories uh, about that, about the time that you realized that hey you weren't good enough and you needed God's grace. So why don't you pause the video now and have a discussion about that. In Mark chapter 10, we read the story of the rich young ruler. And it's found, verse 17, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. You honour your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. So here we have this young man, and in other versions says a, a rich young ruler, who he's doing really well, isn't he? He's kept all the commandments. He's kept them all. Yet he still knows there's something lacking, because if you look, he runs up to Jesus and falls before him, saying, what must I do? Jesus looked at him, back to verse 21, and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. So this man, he'd kept all the rules. He'd been a good person. He'd kept all the commandments. But there was still something missing. And he came to Jesus and said, what is it? And Jesus said, well, if you want to be perfect, uh, why don't you do this? Sell everything you've got and give it to the poor. But you know, this man couldn't do it. Because in all of us, you see, we're all born of man. We're all born into sin. And so it might be in our lives that we're quite generous. We'd happily sell our house and give it to the poor. 
But then Jesus would say, well, what about the pornography you watch? Or what about some other sin that's in your life? You see, we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. But, you know, there is a solution. And we find that a few verses on. Um, in verse 27, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible with God. You see, this rich young ruler, he couldn't do it in his own strength. And we do not know what happens to him after this. I'm, I'm hoping by the fact he was in the process of repenting that one day he came to a knowledge of the saving grace that Jesus Christ gave him. But we don't know. The story ends in the Bible there. But because of Jesus Christ, we can have the forgiveness of sins. That coffee in the water, as I showed you before, we can be made clean. We can be made pure again because Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. So, yeah, and I think a lot of the time when we read this passage in Mark about the rich young ruler, it's always about, you know, money and about being generous. But I think that in some ways it misses the main point. The main point is that we cannot do it in our own righteousness. We cannot do it in our own strength. We need the strength of Jesus. We need the grace of God on our life in order to fulfill the calling that we have on our life in order to be able to become into the presence of the Holy God because of what Jesus Christ and so I want to point to Jesus Christ he is the one that cleanses us he is the one even though we are defiled as we learned in Haggai it, we can come and be made clean made pure because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us so if we think the people in Haggai's day, they lived under the old covenant. And that's all about being holy and about well, one little bit of sin can then contaminate your life. But I think the new covenant, we live in the times of Jesus. And that's more about dark and light. And you can see, when we have a light, the darkness has to go. It's not dark anymore. But uh, I want to read now from 1 Colossians and verse 12. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. And so here it's saying that we have come through Jesus, through the Son of God, into the kingdom of the light, that he has rescued us from the darkness. Whereas in the old covenant, where one little bit of sin contaminated our whole lives, as you saw with that illustration and the coffee and the water, um, in the new covenant, it's more like the darkness and the light, where one little bit of light drives out the darkness. And we can praise God and be so thankful for Jesus Christ because of that light, because the light of the world came into this life. And look, I just want to invite you now that if you haven't had Jesus Christ in your life, 
Um, you don't know who he is. Um, look, he's just a prayer away. And look, I'd love it if you want to know more for you to contact the church or leave a comment down below and we will be in touch to let you discover about the light, about Jesus Christ and how you can have a relationship with him, how he can cleanse you. He can take that sin like what that was in the coffee cup away. So just encourage you to... Um, yeah, have Jesus Christ as center of your life. Make him a priority. Now I want to go back to Haggai. So his third prophecy given on the 18th of December in 520 BC was it started by talking about how the people were defiled, how they were not clean in his sight. Um, but how does the second half of the prophecy go? Well, it, it's quite different. Let's read from verse 15. Now give careful thoughts to this from this day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to draw a 50 measures of wine, there were only 20. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew and hail, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. So what he's saying here, and he said it in chapter 1 as well, that the people are working hard, but they're getting very little in return. They're, they're, they're going to look for 20 measures of something and they're only finding 10. But it's an interesting thing he says in verse 20 that he struck them with this because yet they did not return to me. So the Lord struck them. He's wanting the people to return to them. He's wanting to get their attention so that they would return to him. He's doing it out of love, out of love for his people. And then let's get to verse 18 because they did return to them. They did start building that temple and read from verse 18. From this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundations of the Lord's temple were laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now the vine and fig tree, the ponic granite and the olive tree have not borne fruit. From this day on I will bless you. God is talking about his favour, about his blessing for the people. And not because they are good. In fact, I believe that's why the first half of the prophecy about them being defiled is there. Because he wants the people to know, well, it's not because of our goodness, it's not because of our righteousness that we are now being blessed. No, it's because of the goodness of God, that his blessing, his fruitfulness is upon us. And I'm in front of my mandarin tree, and it's been so fruitful this year. There's um, lots and lots of fruit, and more than I've actually ever seen on this little tree. So that's one little way that God is blessing me this year. But look, I just want you to know that this fruitfulness of God is because of his goodness that when you get a blessing like lots of fruit on your tree um, remember it's not because of us it's because of the blessings of God so it's always important to be thankful to be grateful to God for everything he's given us because he is good and he is righteous.
And I mentioned before about this prophecy being in winter. And you can look at my plum tree, you can tell that it's winter here because, well, one, what I'm wearing, but there's no leaves on my plum tree because they've all fallen off because it's winter. Now, winter's not a time you would expect to get a rich blessing. And for the people back in the days of Haggai, you'd have to save up food to get through the winter, which is really hard if you, you know, haven't been blessed with an abundance beforehand. Yet God tells them, he promises them, he says, from this day forward, from this day in December forward, I will bless you. Um, so here he comes, as he promises his provision for his people. And I'm thinking now would be another great time to pause the video and to share testimonies with those you're about of how God has provided for you. It could be something really small, like a car park, or it could be something huge, like a house. I've got my house over there, but you can't see it because my camera's not turned. But hey, God provides for us in many ways. So why don't you pause the video now and share some testimonies with one another, or if you're by yourself, just consider a time when God provided for you. So pause the video now, and I'm gonna eat my Mandarin. That's good. So yesterday, I was given a cooler bag, and in the cooler bag, there's some meat. And I was thinking, gosh, aren't cooler bags just such a, a much better way of carrying meat than pockets? Just like as we've gone through this message, we can see that the new covenant through Jesus Christ is just a, a much better covenant. A much, I'm so pleased I'm living in the days after Jesus Christ that we have this new covenant in God that we are saved by grace because we are made clean through Jesus Christ. It's not following the rules. And in the passage in Haggai, we can see that, hey, even in the old covenant, God wanted to bless his people. And he blessed his people, not because they were good, but because he loved them and he wanted to bless them because they were returning to him, doing the things um, he wanted them to do. So yeah, I hope you've got something out of this and most of all, just continue to focus on Jesus and be so pleased about what he's done for us in our lives. I want to pray for you now. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's watching this or listening to this. I pray that they would have a greater revelation of who Jesus Christ is and that you would work in their lives, Lord, in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. Hey, thank you so much for watching. Uh, please, if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, please comment below um, if you want to, one, tell me what you've discussed in the comments, but two, you know, if there's any questions or anything like this, we're going to monitor it and we'll answer anything for you. God bless you. Olive oil or other food, I don't mind if the quinoa touches that because I'm really not going to eat that anyway. I'm going to eat that though. <laughs> You just ruined it, Fiona! Pause it! <laughs>